it was not only fat gain, but it also was also water weight. So what we have also to keep in mind with mold that they are lipophilic. So they love to accumulate in our fat cells. So they accumulate in the fat cells. And if the body is not able to detox it, it just puts it in the fat cells and says, okay, you just stay there. That's much safer as if you would cause any damage to organ and tissues. So then other symptoms that are very typical for mold illness, like depression, anxiety, mood swings, because the mold is able to cross the blood-brain barrier, random aches and pains. Um, that's what really what I was experiencing. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we're talking to my friend and fellow FDN practitioner, Shalene Zaplatol, and I did not ask her how to pronounce her last name. So I know I rolled that off my tongue as if I know what I'm doing, but I have zero idea. So Shalene, I apologize in advance if I messed that up. And it was kind of funny because I... I Based on our conversation, I don't think English was her first language. And so she was asking how to pronounce Evan. I'm asking how to pronounce Shalene. <laughs> and so I think we both nailed it in the beginning of the podcast. We did what we got to do. Uh, the last name is whole different territory. <laughs> but what's cool about Shalene, and you guys will get to hear more about this, of course, in the episode, is she is the first person that I know of that was a journalist before being an FDN. Now, there are thousands of FDNs running around, so I might have missed one, of course. <laughs> but in terms of those that we've interviewed, I've never heard of someone coming from a journalism background and then going to FDN. And more importantly, because it's probably motivating for the people out there listening that are considering pursuing the course, or maybe you're already a trainee or a graduate, and you're now focusing on the business side, trying to work that all out. Shalene had no business experience whatsoever. She worked for someone else. And within six months after graduating the FDN course, she was full-time FDN. How did she do that? Well, she used our system, which is a very good one for starting your own business and working in your own practice. And then she used a business coach. And the business coach, of course, is also an FDN. It was someone named Kristen Thomas. And she was on this podcast back at episode... Well, I'm not even going to try that one. Probably about 15 to 20 episodes back. So go check her out. Uh, we talk about some of her business stuff there. But please note, FDN also has a lot of business support now that was non-existent when people like Shalene, myself, and Kristen had gone through the course. I don't want to say that they didn't try. I just mean that we did not have legitimate systems and courses in place at that moment to help out with the business side. And those things exist now. So FDN just keeps getting better. But in terms of Shalene's overall background and her bio and what she does. She considers herself a root cause practitioner, someone who helps women who experience mystery, weight gain, and other symptoms, even if their lifestyle and diet are already pretty much in check. 
And this is also something, of course, that conventional doctors are unable to resolve. And the reason that this is the thing that Shalene works with is because this is what Shalene dealt with. We'll actually be talking about mold today, probably more so than any other, any other episode that we've ever talked about mold. I think it's something that's becoming... I don't want to say more popular as if it's like a fun hobby that people choose to engage in. <laughs> Mold exposure, certainly not that. But what I do mean is that there's an awareness, a growing awareness for mold exposure and its implications with those of us who deal with chronic health issues. And I, I don't want to say universally, but I mean, at least 99% of the time, the people that I know of that have dealt with the mold illness, they were sick before. They had symptoms before like pretty severe ones, right? And then maybe mold was icing on the cake. Whereas with Shalene, what's crazy about her story is she gained like 40 pounds in a matter of several weeks. It was no time at all. And all of a sudden this weight started coming on to her when she was a very fit person before. And she couldn't figure it out. She's changing the lifestyle. She's changing the diet stuff. And it turns out that mold was one of her primary things. So she explains all about how that happened, where or what it does rather to the body that led to that extreme weight gain and what you can do if you suspect that you have mold in your house, what symptoms to look out for, and then what you could literally do in the house itself. We will be covering all that and more in this episode. So without further ado, let's get to it. All right. Hello there, Celine. How are you? Hi, Evan. Thanks so much for having you. I'm grateful to be on the podcast and super excited uh, to chat with you. Yeah, grateful to have you. That, I think we both just nailed it pretty well because we were both trying to figure out how to pronounce each other's first names <laughs> before we went on the video. And I, th I think we did well. Um, I'm excited to talk to you today. Of course, you guys heard in the bio, we do have uh, yet another functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner on. And I love the diversity of our group. I mean, at this point with all these episodes that we've had, I mean, we just have people from all different backgrounds, nationalities, whatever. And I think it really shows that FDN is a great system that works um, if we come in and, and want to utilize it. But I'm getting ahead of myself with the FDN stuff. Before we even talk about that, um, what I would like to know is when did your health journey start and what did the symptoms look like? Because I know you probably have a health journey of your own. <laughs> yes. So my health journey started about like five years ago. And my biggest symptom really that I'm, it was for me like weight loss resistant. So I gained like 44 pounds in four weeks and that was unresponsive to diet and exercise. So I've always been a kind of a fit person. I love to work out. I love to eat healthy. So with these strategies, I pretty much could direct my body to where it should be. But then I used to live in mold um, and didn't know anything about mold illness back then because um, I wasn't into the functional health uh, space. And also the conventional doctors had no clue about that. So I gained a bunch of weight in a very short time. And also a lot of other mystery symptoms come, came on board. So I was like, I had no energy at all. Um, GI symptoms, bloating, stomach, diarrhea out of the food, out of the blue. I couldn't tolerate any foods anymore. Insomnia from under in the beginning, sleeping 10 hours by night. And then I woke up being hit by a drug. All of a sudden I could only sleep three to four hours, depression, anxiety, a um, lot of shame, guilt around my body. These were the main symptoms I was dealing with. Wow. Okay. And so, I mean, I, that story is actually something that kind of is pretty common here, but what's not common is how fast this happened. I mean, for, you said 44 pounds in four weeks, right? Yes, that's correct. Whoa. All right. Um, so I know that you brought up the mold thing already, and perhaps I'm going too far ahead in the story, but I'm curious, like, I mean, I know these things can make people sick, but did you ever figure out, like, why did this seem to happen all of a sudden like that? I mean, that's a crazy gain of weight in such a short period of time. 
Yes, yeah, we had a water leak uh, in our apartment. So the mold was kind of their overnight water broke from the upper apartment. So we had the mold on a drywall. We cleaned it with bleach, which I now today know it is the worst thing that I could have done. So because the mold has these high phase structures that are behind the wall and by using the bleach, it makes the mold just much more aggressive. So I made no connection to basically the water damage that I experienced in the apartment and the symptoms I um, basically developed overnight. So I was then all of a sudden very tired. Um, and also the, the, the cleaning with the bleach makes the mold much more aggressive and it replicates much more faster. So that's also important to mention here. And you think you are safe because you don't see the mold anymore. It looks clean, but the health really decline very fast. Why the mold goes after the liver and after the mitochondria. So they are super important mitochondria for energy production. So to no surprise, I was all the time tired. I really had to push through every day um, to, to the day just to make it everything seemed to be like a huge burden and then of course the liver is also our body's master detox organ so when then the body the toxins are able to accumulate more and more and cannot leave anymore it's just like kind of a downward spiral so really no more energy like I, I slept 10 hours in the morning I felt like being hit like by a truck um it went on like that and then I kind of was bedridden at the end of my journey so to speak the 44 pounds in four weeks I looked very inflamed so my whole body was not on it was not only fat gain but it also was also water weight so what we have also to keep in mind with mold that they are lipophilic so they love to accumulate in our fat cells so they accumulate in the fat cells and if the body is not able to detox it it just puts it in the fat cells and says okay you just stay there that's much safer as if you would cause any damage to organ and tissues so then other symptoms that are very typical for mold illness like depression anxiety mood swings because the mold is able to cross the blood brain barrier random aches and pains um that's what really what i was experiencing wow okay i pre i actually really appreciate that explanation for the 44 pounds because i mean anyone that knows anything about this you would have to be eating like ten thousand calories a day <laughs> um to actually yeah. gain that weight literally so it makes a lot more sense that, okay, your body, I mean, people react to mold, no doubt, but your body hated this thing and was like, all right, what, what do we do with this? Because we're pissed off right now. And I'm assuming even though you connected this later, you, you said yourself, you weren't in the functional space. You're not thinking about mold. What was going through your head initially when you're dealing with these symptoms? Did the doctors have any type of answer for you? Because I'm, I'm guessing you went to the doctor's office pretty quickly after this. Yeah. So that's a great question because that's, I think, especially as a female, you tend to get into this mindset, oh, you are a failure. You just need to work harder, right? You need to eat less. You need to exercise more. I initially tried all the diets like keto, vegan, no carb, low carb, one meal a day. So I just tried to be very harsh on, on me and it just didn't work. So I was on 800 calories daily and I still gained weight. So that was really the point where I knew something is not right. Um, I was initially doing all the, the mistakes that basically the people come also to work with me. They are just trusting a doctor's opinion. So I was with a lot of, lot of doctors. They told me your lab work looks normal. I was crying in front of doctors. They basically told me I should stop eating candy and stop drinking alcohol. Although I told them I have a diary. I track everything I eat. I'm becoming so obsessed about my food. They didn't believe me. Then I went to the internet, relied on Dr. Google, tried to get better, per uh, uh, randomly purchased any supplements on the internet. They had, of course, no effect because I didn't know what they were addressing. I tried to self-heal myself without any roadmap. And I just stayed in the end confused by the way, it didn't come off. And I continued to, to do this over and over. And 
of course, I kept having the same results. I was with 10 plus doctors and really no doctor was um, saying, Shalene, I don't know what's going on, but I'm willing to go down this rabbit hole with you. Something is not right. I believe you. I didn't have that experience. Wow. Okay. I think um, it's worth mentioning because you and I both know this concept very well, but for those that might not be regular listeners, this is a new thing. You were in what we call the cycle of trial and error, right? <laughs> I mean, this is the epitome of this. It's someone that gets sick and is very hardworking. It's not like you're not willing to do what was necessary, but you go to the doctor, they don't have an answer sometimes, and it's through no fault of their own, right? The doctors are great people. They're trying to do what they can, but Western medicine is not always equipped for things like this. I'm in the functional space and I would not even consider myself a 10% expert in the mold stuff, let alone someone in the Western space that might not be thinking about this as much. And then, so, all right, that doesn't work. And then what do we do? Like you just said, Dr. Google, I'm trying different supplements. I'm trying this diet, that diet, and the next thing. And that's guys, what we call the cycle of trial and error, because as it sounds, you're just trying things. All right, this worked or it didn't work. And Unfortunately, for some people, depending on what the condition might be or the cause might be, you might be trying seemingly everything. You might be working harder than 90% of people or even 99% probably, and yet you still have like the crappiest health results out of everyone. So uh, you, it seems like you were at least more open to this idea of something natural. I mean, especially if you were going on low carb or doing one meal a day, like you're, you're thinking outside the box. At what point, though, do you transition fully from a more Western medicine diet only approach to, Hey, I need to go somewhere else because I'm guessing if you didn't have any background in mold, I I'm, I'm assuming some type of practitioner eventually told you about mold, right? I could be wrong here, but how did you get to that point? Yes. So I really, I had a kind of a breakdown moment. So there was really a moment in my life. I was sitting with my boyfriend at a restaurant and he talked to me and I was so tired. I couldn't even say the words in my head. So that was really for me, the break, break bottom down moment. And the next morning I woke up and said, Shalene, this is not the life you want to live anymore. You have to do something. So all the energy I had, um, I continued to Google on chronic illness, on the symptoms. And then I stumbled across functional medicine. Then I started to work with a functional medicine doctor in Canada at that time. And I paid a lot of money for lab testing, but unfortunately, he also was not equipped to see what's going on because I had huge parasitic infection as well, checked 90% of the signs and symptoms, and he performed a stool test. And you probably know that very well. A stool test is not very reliable um, to test for parasites. And he also dismissed the mold despite knowing all the symptoms. So I really um, researched, did a lot of summits. I came then across um, a health coaching class that I took. And then finally, also, um, I stumbled across FDN, lab certifications for blood chemistry. And I basically took all the knowledge ordered all the testing that I could for myself and just pieced together to put the pieces of the puzzle, established protocols and had to be my own best advocate. Right. Yeah. You become your own health detective, literally. Right. Um, that's kind of yeah. why we name it this way on the podcast. And see, this is always tough for me because I hear these stories and it, it's, I mean, I didn't have the mold thing, right. But it's similar to me in the sense that we have no idea what's going on. We don't have a background in this stuff. We're doing our own research. And when I hear these stories, it's very admirable. I I'm an, inspired by listening to it. But I feel so bad for all the people that come on this podcast, because even though it's impressive what you did, you should have never had to do this. It shouldn't be yeah. um, this hard to get this information. You shouldn't have to be paying people thousands of dollars for lab tests, and then they don't even necessarily know what's going on. I mean, it's one thing to pay yeah. someone if they know what's going on. That's that's great. That's what we try to do as FDNs. And at the very least, if we can't figure out what's going on with the person, which is pretty rare, we are still 
humble enough to admit, okay, we know something's going on with you. We just haven't figured it out yet, right? Whereas a lot of Western medicine doctors, if they can't figure it out, typically what's said is, oh, well, it must be in your head, right? It's stress or anxiety or, or stop drinking alcohol and eating sugar, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty insulting to the person. Um, I got to ask then too, what were you, like career-wise, because you not only went through um, FDN, but like, obviously you wanted to make it a career, which is amazing. Were you even in the health space before? Or was it a completely different career before doing all this stuff? It was a completely different career. I was in the journalism. So I was an editor um, back then and I just was doing it alongside, so to speak, but I really became very passionate about it. So I'm very passionate still about the holistic health space. And I you know, you know, you as much, the more you know, the more you know how much you don't know, actually. So I'm constantly learning, developing, going to summits. So I became super, super passionate about that. And um, that's basically how I turned my business also around. So now I'm helping women um, overcoming weight loss resistance, mystery symptoms. And for me, it's really the most rewarding thing because that's really what I wish that I had someone who says, because it can be scary. Um, to go to a detox because it's not only you're just not only getting better, there can be bumps in the road, there can be like trial and error as well. And to just have someone on your side who says, look, I believe your symptoms and, and we are going to make it. Yeah, I would say, well, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but I mean, sometimes 10 to 20%, depending on the person, it might be even 50% of the healing is simply having another human being that actually believes what they're saying. Hey, you, you no, I agree with you. You yeah. are sick. Something's going on here. And they're willing to do something about it or at least work with you until they figure it out. I think that's always um, that that's just very cool. So you kind of I'm trying to get the story right here. I mean, you went to this Canada person. They did the labs and stuff, but they might not have known about the parasites and those other things. So it was more or less eventually like you kind of figured this out completely by yourself. And then so the cycle of trial and error did work for you eventually to some degree. <laughs> Yes, after some time I did, I think I at least struggled one and a half years with it. So I continued to push through. And actually, when we are just touching on the function doctor again, so he made things worse because he diagnosed me with adrenal fatigue. He gave me 50 supplements, so 50 different ones that I had to take daily. And I think also my liver just couldn't handle that anymore because it was already so toxic and then it should still break down the pills. He gave me some um, adrenal injections now. So now I had to inject myself. So I was really getting worse during that time. Um, so that's also important because if you just like dump on a person random supplements, and I see that a lot of people are just doing that in the approach to try to self-heal them, that can also backfire. Right. Okay. And yeah, wow, that's kind of, I just did a video on this. This was just yesterday where I actually commented how adrenal fatigue is not even you know, it's kind of weird that he diagnosed you with that because still these doctors are doing that. And we know adrenal fatigue doesn't even really exist. It's not fatigued adrenals. It's the HPA axis dysfunction, if anything. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, you know, I'm sure that doctor's a great person, but it kind of stinks that even in our world of the functional side, we still have people uh, messing these things up all the time. And I think that's where FDN practitioners really get separated. We have a time tested system. And then we also all of us have this willingness to accept that if somehow we couldn't find out what was wrong with you on in these initial labs, we know that we have to just dig deeper or try something else because we've all been in this position in our own stories where we had people not listening to us or people didn't believe us, whatever conditions we might have had. Um, so yeah, I, I commend you for just pushing through. And of all the careers I've heard people switch from, I have never had um, a former 
journalist on the show. So that's kind of cool. And it just goes to show you can be doing anything and then switch to FDN, right? We have people in science backgrounds. And then I have people all the time, uh, like myself, that had no background in science and are able to do this. So you're going to have to work hard, but the course is made for just about anyone. When you were going through the course, were you still at a point in your health where like, were you learning a lot and discovering things on the labs? Um, because for those that don't know, we actually include lab tests in the cost of tuition when you go through FDN. So I'm curious what insight you might've gotten from the labs when you ran them eventually. Yeah. So when I was like starting FDN, that was really when I decided to make this my career. So I was, um, Initially starting with the Cresta Health Coaching course, but I very fast um, discovered that I want to rely on data. And that's what all is FDN about. We test, we don't guess, right? And that was was so exciting for me. So I wasn't even finished yet with the health coaching course. So I decided, no, I want to take on FDN. And then um, I finished it within six months. But the testing was for me also like very interesting. Um, I discovered a lot of food sensitivities, but of course, we know it's not uh, food intolerance. At that time, it can be caused by leaky gut. But the other health issues I did have basically overcome. Oh, that's so cool. All right. So, yeah, you were literally, was your primary drive then for FDN at that time? It was the career switch rather than the health stuff? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I appreciate this coming up is we weren't planning on this, but when I'm talking on this show, primarily it is health stories. And then, you know, almost as a secondary thought, people then say, well, hey, maybe I could go do this as a business. I love the fact that you were already going in with the mindset of, hey, I'm going to switch careers and do this. And you still chose FDN because I keep telling people, I mean, I graduated a little over five years ago and FDN was a fantastic health program then. It really was not a business program. Like they, they weren't that good at teaching that. And nowadays, when you go through FDN, if you join the other groups, we have business school, we have FDN Thrive. I mean, you can take someone that has no experience business wise, has never sold anything, right? And you can actually show them how to do it. Now you come across to me as a pretty outgoing, confident person, and you're very driven, obviously. So I'm sure that was advantageous. But I mean, as a journalist, I'm assuming you were working for uh, another place, right? Like had, had you owned your own business before FDN? I had owned my own business, so I was employed at a retail company in Stuttgart, so I worked for those five years, mm-hmm. and then it was really a separate switch that I used um, the holistic health area to transition my career. And I also want to say that it's not so uncommon when people experience their health issues. So a lot of clients that come to me, they are unhappy in their careers, and some of those already have also now taken the FDN course to switch to make a switch in their career because they are impressed that you can do it, and it's just so much more rewarding if you're really having a business that you're truly passionate about, where you can help people, you can see the transformation. And when I work one-on-one with my clients, they're just so thankful for the transformation that someone is listening. And that's the most rewarding thing that I never got out of anything else before. Yeah, it's not work, right? It's like crazy that we get to call it work. Um, how, when, did you, when did you officially uh, graduate the course? I think it's uh, four years ago. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. I did not even realize that. So yeah, we've been, uh, we've graduated a similar time. This makes a lot more sense now because I thought, I didn't know if like you were a recent graduate and I'm like, wow, it sounds like you have a lot of clients and you're, and you're doing some good things. So it makes more sense Mm -hmm. that you have an established business after that long. Um, But how did you, so you kind of were going, you were going through the course at a similar time to me in the sense that it actually, it wasn't the most extreme business training back then. So I'm even more curious to hear from you. How did, as someone who had never owned a business, you didn't do this, but you wanted to do it. How did you take the FDN course and go out and start actually taking on clients? Like what was your approach? And my approach was very simple. I just shared my story on Instagram. At the same time, I also took like a a former FDN um, 
person as well. Her name is Kristen Thomas. Oh, nice. so she's she's been on. We've, yeah, we've had her on. She is t- teaching about how to create your business. So I created my signature program. I stared, shared my story on Instagram. And it, of course, at the moment, it's very slow. I'm not going to lie about that. There has been times where I just was putting out my content and there has been no client. But at one time, it just picks up people here. And then if it's particular when you can share client testimonials, when, you, when they see it works. And that's really when the business starts to drive. I think, and this is, Thank you for this, because this is very encouraging for people to just hear from, hey, like, no, it was a little slow in the beginning of stuff. And that happens. And there's ups and downs. That's just business, man. Um, business is a part of life for people. And life has ups and downs. <laughs> so it, it's going to be the exact same thing with that. But what's important for people to realize, in my opinion, is that FDN, it's a great system. It works. If people get better. That's fine. So the hardest thing that you will ever do, most likely in the business itself, is obtaining those initial clients because you don't have any testimonials yet. You don't have any proof of concept. Once you get the first 10 to 15 real clients, like you worked with them, you take them through a program. It's not like you don't have to put in any work after that. I mean, you're always going to have to create content and, and do stuff. But my point is it ends up becoming a lot of things or word of mouth, or I mean, you, you look like a very fit person. If you gained 44 pounds and let's say I'm your friend, right? I, I watch you gain 44 pounds in a matter of four weeks. And then I watch you lose it. I'm going to ask, hey, Shaleen, like, what have you been doing? <laughs> right? Like, I want to know what's going on. And so there's actually like a very natural word of mouth thing. Uh, part of my story is I had like severe cystic acne. So when that all of a sudden was getting better and better and better, people started asking me, hey, how are you doing that? Right. And so, of course, I was the FDN. So it was very good for me. <laughs> but had I been working with someone that was an FDN, I would have just said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm working with that person and they're really helping me. They're doing these labs like you should go work with them. Um, I know uh, one of I don't want to say her name because I don't it's a good thing, but I don't think it's appropriate to share her business. Um, a long term FDN. She's been around for about nine, 10 years. At this point, she says, and this is the actual number, but she tracks everything. It's like 97 percent of her business now is completely referral based. It does not come yeah. from new um, posts. It doesn't come from talks in person. 97% of it comes from people that she's worked with in the past, sending other people or friends to her. Um, and this is a person with a multiple six figure business and 97% of it's word of mouth. That is pretty damn cool. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. So that that's the power of what can happen here. Um, and how you don't have to say the exact time. I'm just kind of curious because you said it started slow in the beginning. And I know a lot of people do listen to our podcast for the business side. They want to know how this will help them career wise. How long would you say it took to, for you to get this to a place where it was full time? Because the way that you've already described this, I'm assuming that this is a full time thing for you at this point. It has been for a while. Yes, that's correct. So it took me about half a year and how I was starting it out was with the free consultation. So we have the initial consultations, which are free. Um, you start out that way, you learn a lot around along that time. And then you can basically, when the demand is there, just charge for the initial consultation that you're just also plucking out the weeds for the people that don't have any intent to move forward, who just want to get some free advice that happens as well. So after half a year, it really picked up very fast. Hey there, friends. It is Detective Ev popping in here really quick. If you're listening to this episode and maybe you're thinking about becoming an FDN practitioner yourself, then what you want to do is go to fdntraining.com slash try FDN. That's FDN training.com slash try FDN. And this will let you try the course completely for free. No credit card is required. For some people, this can be a life-changing thing. I mean, think about Shaleen's story. She was a journalist. 
no experience in business, no experience in functional health. She does the FDN course. She had, you know, maybe a couple of years of research under her belt, just loose research she did on her own, which I guarantee you probably have already yourself. <laughs> then the course kind of helps you funnel that and sort it out. What's good, what's bad, what's relevant, what's not. She graduated in under a year. She starts her business right away. And within six months after starting it, she is a full-time FDN. That is pretty impressive, and I think it shows what's possible with this system. So are you going to have to work? Yes. Is it going to take some time? Absolutely. But this isn't something that you have to wait four, five, six, seven, eight years to go help people with. So if you're considering the course, fdntraining.com slash tryfdn is the place to go. All right, now back to today's episode. Okay, I feel like I would hope people hear something like that and are totally encouraged. Guys, half a year, that's really, that's really good. <laughs> you know, like if this took you two years, I still think you would be, I, listen, I think there's just, you're probably missing something. I don't think it should necessarily take that long. But at the same time, that's still great for a business. Most businesses, like when my parents, they opened up a, a very small diner when I was younger. Okay, it sat about 54 people. That was it. And you do not profit off that in the first year. You know, you're lucky to profit off that in like the first few years. So the fact that we have a system here, we can start with almost no overhead. It's not like you had to build a storefront to start your FDN business, right? And then in six months, you took that from someone who has no experience running a business to doing that full time. And then here you are four years later. I mean, that's, that's amazing. So what advice do you have for people that are maybe they're trainees right now? We have a lot of people that are trainees that listen to this. Uh, what would be your advice to them for starting their business and kind of getting going? Like, what would you tell them? Definitely getting some mentorship. You should always look for someone who can teach you the things much faster to accomplish something. So I took classes on Instagram. I took classes on how to establish a webinar funnel, etc., etc. So that's definitely important. And then also just always um, provide knowledge to educate because if people see... Some people, they have the conflicting thought, oh, if I put everything out on Instagram on my website, then people don't want to work with me. But it's the opposite. Like even people, when they take all the knowledge that you have, they are still not able to establish protocols. They are trying and trying and they're failing. And in the end, when they see you have all that knowledge and you're sharing it for free, then they trust you and actually come to work with you. I That is... I need to like highlight that and post it in every business thing because what you just said, because people don't get this. I It's such a limiting belief. That is... They think that if they post everything on social media, people are not going to work with them. And you just nailed it. I mean, I have friends that are not even in the health space, and this is still true for them. They're entrepreneurs, and they post their knowledge. In in today's world, guys, we're, we're playing with a different set of rules for business. This isn't 50 years ago. Now people are skeptical, as they should be. They've, you know, people used very cheap sales tactics on people in the past. They're done with that. They're on high alert. So the good news is for people like us is the people that are going to win in business are the people who are ethical, honest, and actually give something first before they try to take, right? You have to give before you take. And so thankfully, we're all honest people doing honest work. And we have so much knowledge to share with the world. And so you guys have to remember, people are paying still for the lab test. They need someone to analyze the labs. You could post someone's other labs online all day. That does not give them, like, let's say you weren't an FDN and you were following me and I'm posting stuff. That doesn't mean you know how to do the labs or you know where to get them or which labs to run on your specific thing. Like, there, there's so much more to this than that. So don't ever get in stuck in a box. Um, follow her advice. Like, you're, you want to give as much information as possible because then people look at you as this credible, good person that you are and they want to work with you. It's, I know it's counterintuitive. I get that, but it's some of the best things that you could ever do to grow the damn business. <laughs> 
Exactly, because I also think like people, even if you give all the information and they try it, so it's for them again a trial and error, but they come to you because they want a proven roadmap and they want fast results. Because I have people that uh, messaged me like two years before they started working with me, they tried it again and again and again on their own, but at one time they are tired and they want just to have the results and then they are ready and they say, hey, Shaleen, now I would like to sign up and then... We take them to the process and then they get the results. Yeah, and that's the other thing too, right? It's, it's actually giving it time. And that's why business, in, in my opinion, it's kind of like a snowball that's rolling downhill. Because in the beginning, oh my gosh, that snowball's not doing anything. And like, if any tree got in front of it, the snowball just disintegrates. But once that snowball starts building up and like actually becomes more firm, the fruits of your labor, the things that you're doing today in business are going to pay off six months to a year from now. And like you said, yeah. something you posted, the person that you're that is viewing your post might not even be sick right now. But a year later, I've had this happen so many times where someone that I know, they're not the sick person, but they have a family member. And the family member ends up calling me because this other person saw my post eight months ago and knows that I help people with stuff like that, right? So it's people get trapped in the employee mindset. And there's, I mean, I'm an employee for FDN. There's nothing wrong with being an employee. I'm saying they get stuck in that mindset of, okay, I show up and I instantly get paid. I get my hourly wage. I make my uh, paycheck at the end of the two weeks. Business is not like that. And the other side of that though, the good news is business also has unlimited potential. You can take this higher and higher and higher, but you got to get out of that mindset. Sometimes it's not going to be, all right, I showed up for this hour. So I get my 15, 20, 30, $40, whatever it is. You got to put in the work now and that stuff comes in later. Right. Yeah. And I think you also just have also to be open to different approaches, right? I started out, out, out with only one-on-one -on -one coaching and with high ticket offers and lab testing packages, but now I'm offering also some group coaching. So just to have for everyone something available or like publishing some eBooks for a very small fee, if people just want to maybe do one protocol or something like that, maybe just like thinking outside the box, what you can just give the people to um, give them some help. Okay. So yeah, you, you, to be clear, you do all of that now, like you have those three or four different services. Yeah, of course. Okay. Very cool. Now I, um, I usually ask this question with newer graduates, but I'm still going to ask it with you, even though it's four years, I want to, I want to know like, what were some of the things, especially as someone who was already, they, they really had nailed down the health stuff prior to FDN, which is on the rarer side. What were some of the things that you liked most about the course? And one little disclaimer I'll put on this for those listening is guys, we, we actually had a lot of changes happen in the last two to three years. So I don't even think there was the Facebook trainee group, right? Four years ago, like you didn't have a group that you could join with only. No. Okay. So keep in mind that we're missing some features here that are really great, but I'm still curious to know, like at the time, like what were some of the favorite things uh, about the FDN course as you were going through it? So first of all, I loved learning. So the FDN still, although I had learned a lot already, it still gave me some new insight in things. And what I also really loved was the exams in the end. I thought they were super thorough. So not only the written exam, but you had the three oral exams at this time just to learn how to talk to clients and just to see, okay, how do we approach a case? I mean, if you would just graduate with all the knowledge, but don't have these mock-up mock calls, I think you might feel very lost. So I found that extremely helpful. Very cool. I uh, did another certification and I won't mention it. It's not important, but they did not provide any of that one-on-one -on -one mentorship or those types of exams. And, you know, I'm in the trainee group now, even as a staff member, because I, I comment stuff for the trainees sometimes and whatever, just you give some words of encouragement. And 
some of them are very intimidated by these exams. It's kind of funny because once they realize like, oh, wow, this is actually a real test. They're like, oh my God, like I can't do this. And one, you absolutely can do it. We, we give you the training and we're here to help. You know, no one's here to fail you for no reason. And if you do fail, you can retake it. We'll tell you where you needed to work on it. It's all good. But you don't want to look at that as an intimidating thing or a bad thing. It's a great thing because one, most people, um, let's be honest, not maybe even not most, but a good portion of people they do not have the confidence that someone like you or some of the other guests on here displays. Maybe they don't want to talk to people, right? And so forcing them to have to do those consults with the mentors already gives them some real world experience where which they can translate once they actually have their first client. Because like you said, you can be walking around with all the knowledge in the world. Um, I've actually found, and this isn't totally true, but it's generally true. Some of the people that are FDNs that have the biggest, most successful businesses are the people that usually only have the FDN certification and maybe one or two other things. Now, again, don't get me wrong. I know people with 15 certifications that are helping tons of people and making ungodly amounts of money. That does happen. But I've seen so many people that they got like 10 credentials after their name. They've taken all the advanced courses and they're still not even able to do FDN full time. So at at some point we have to realize it's us, you know, and, and we got to be able to put ourselves out there and, and take some risks because the FDN system in and of itself is enough to have someone make a business. You know what I mean? Yes, 100%. And I was also in the beginning, and I think that's really something that you also came across. It has to do something with self-confidence. So in the beginning, when I started out my business, I also had like 10 uh, credentials that I wanted to have. But then after a few, I just thought, oh, no, I, I know enough. I don't need more. And I also got just a one-on-one mentorship at that time. And I think that's also very helpful. Like just if you want to go out in the first month to uh, establish your business, have have someone take you on the hand. It's the same as we are providing a roadmap for the people that are sick and they need, need our help. When you are building a business and haven't done it before, just take the help from someone else who has successfully walked that way. Yeah, and then you, you absorb their energy too because any... You will never, ever, ever find a successful business owner that does not display confidence or a belief in themselves. They, those two things don't go together. Um, you're, you're not going to find a millionaire business owner that is walking around like all shy and stuff. And listen, I've been very shy in my life, so I'm not like making fun of every, anyone. That's not my point. I'm just saying business and self-confidence have to be together. That's how it works. So, you know, for some people, they have these amazingly attractive personalities and they were already very ambitious and extroverted and whatever. And that translates over to their business immediately, even not having any prior skills. But like for me, I had to, I had to learn people's skills. I had to get into sales. And I, some of the trainees don't believe me because I'm on like the podcast. I think, well, you were always doing this. It's like, dude, I, I dropped out of my public speaking course in college two weeks in because I had to give a 30 second presentation basically because I was so scared. So no, this is a skill that you can build up and acquire. And it doesn't mean every day you're walking around with tons of confidence, but it's something that can be built up and then, and you're good to go in the future. Um, I wanted to ask this because you're someone obviously that has worked with quite a few people at this point in your career. So I'm just curious if there are any like uh, amazing client testimonials that you're able to share because I know that there's some privacy things. So to the degree yeah. that you're able to share it, I'd love to know about a client testimonial or two, because I feel like you are helping people very similar to you who just have yeah. no idea what's going on. And now you're like, they're shining light. 
Yeah, I just take the ones that I'm also sharing on my Instagram because obviously I have asked these clients before if it's okay to share it. So for example, there is this one client, Paola, she came to me and I think she had also very close assistance. And the main reason she really came to me, she tried all these doctors, all these approaches and she said, Jolene, I just want to keep up with my daughter. I just want to have the energy to keep up with my daughter. So she had her thyroid removed and was on medication. And you know, thyroid um, hormones are metabolized in the gut and in the liver. So she had parasites, mold, disease and when we like um, detoxed her from that step by step within five months all of her markers that had been out of range were back into the optimal range she has the energy and she actually did something that I really find very interesting or very funny she also with all the energy she had she's also a very driven person and um, she took now some certification classes to also make a bigger step in her business so that's a great testimonial and then I also would like to share my um, client shame because she has a very heavy um, health story and she had doesn't deal with weight loss assistance she had severe Lyme disease so she was bedridden for um, several years she says in one of her testimonials that she wrote to me she said she had full body muscle spams endometriosis everything she thought she was gonna die she was um, going to doctors in and out of the hospital she couldn't walk anymore so really really bad situation and then she just decided one day she stopped all the medicines doctors were tossing at her because she was like feeling worse and she had a lot of neurological symptoms because Lyme is the great mimicker. No one was able to detect that. And she came to me and she's still working with me. Um, we are now one and a half years, I think, into the border course. But so many things she says are gone and in reverse. She started her business again. She couldn't work before. Um, it's amazing the transformation that you see. And I just wanted to share that one because so many people... I think they sometimes lose hope. And Shane was always a fighter. She didn't give up all the things that she experienced. I mean, that's heavy stuff. And she just continued to not trust doctors. She said, there's something wrong. Um, I don't believe that Western medicine, the medications that you're giving me are making me worse. And she continued to re to do her own research. And that's how she found functional medicine. Wow. All right. I love both. Yeah, I love both of those. Um, especially the second one. Yeah, that's powerful stuff because we do pretty amazing work. So for someone to be working with you still a year and a half later, that just shows how sick they were when they first came to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's tough. And I always, I walk such a fine line on this podcast because I always want to make sure I, I have to think, um, Shalene, if someone is just listening for the first time, what is their impression? Because I want them to know that we are not against doctors in any way, which is true. We have doctors that work for FDN, right? That we combine the best of both worlds. But what you just shared with that second client there is very, it's notable. We got to mention this. Guys, yeah. you, you want to go to Western medicine when you're sick. You want to listen to them. You want to give it an honest try. But at some point, if you are receiving medications, they're making you feel worse. The people are not believing you. You're being told it's in your head or it's just anxiety when you know it's clearly not. You do have the right to start investigating for yourself. Now, I am not yeah. suggesting if you're on five medications, you stop taking those all of a sudden. I mean, that was her choice, right? And it turns out it was a good one. That's fine. But for some people, that might not be a good choice. My point is, though, doctors are imperfect people. They're great people. They're imperfect. They're very smart. They're not you know, perfect in that way, though, either intellectually, they're going to make mistakes. If something feels wrong in our gut, and I don't mean like a gut pain IBS, <laughs> I mean like a gut feeling, right? You know, we have to have the courage to say, hey, I'm not a doctor. Maybe I don't understand this, but I know enough about myself to know something's wrong and I got to go out there. And I applaud you for doing that. And I applaud this client because if you've never listened to the podcast before, one of the reasons I always ask that question, because any regular listener has heard this, it's the same thing, Shalene, all the time 
it, it, literally every single person ends up saying one of the two things like, oh, I just knew it didn't make sense. I had a gut feeling. So every single person on this show that has these incredible stories that you rarely get to hear about in the, your day to day life, if you're just walking down the street, all started with this idea that something was wrong and they need to keep trying different things. And that's what led to this amazing stuff here. So that's pretty powerful. Um, story. Yeah. Thank you. I think really what uh, people should pay attention to, I mean, I completely am on the same side as you are, like not all Western medicine doctors are bad, but I think some people um, just have to listen to if there's a red flag, like if a doctor, like already what you said, if you says your symptoms aren't real, they can't be real. Mm -hmm. No doctor should say that because the body's symptoms are just a way of pointing out something is not in balance. And the doctor should always believe the client, right? Um, I sometimes pay more attention to symptoms than to any lab testing because the doctor body is never wrong. Wow. Okay. I, and I do agree with that. And you know what? That's a great point because it comes from the Western medicine symptom uh, system because they believe if, you know, they can't diagnose something or they can't come up with some like lab test of theirs, like maybe the blood test that shows something, then the symptoms automatically are invalid. We view health through a completely different lens. When an FDN sees their symptoms, we automatically think by definition that brain body diagram, right? Like we know there has to be one or more malfunctions in the brain or body leading to a state of disease. <laughs> um, so we get that automatically. But yeah, Western medicine says, okay, cool. You have symptoms. Great. Let's find the diagno uh, diagnosis. And the minute they can't diagnose, you are correct. 80 to 90% of them will just say, oh, well, then there's nothing wrong. It's like, okay, well, we don't believe that at FDN. I don't think that's true at all. And I was in that same boat. I got blood tests at like 18, 17 years old. I felt awful at 17 years old. And what did they say? They said, you have slightly high cholesterol and... Um, you know, my, my TSH was like a four, right? So it was a little high, but certainly nothing record breaking. And then I was on my way. There, there was no answer to that. There was no solution. It was just, all right, uh, good luck. I may have been 18 actually, but it's not important. The thing was, I felt like crap, but because their blood test couldn't find anything. Oh, apparently I I'm fine though. That That's not acceptable, right? We need to push harder. Yeah, and then there are really sometimes the doctors, um, where clients of mine, they are still going to Western medicine, and some doctors, they are really appreciative, and they want to learn what they get taught. Mm -hmm. so for example, this client, Paola, she had two different approaches. So the thyroid doctor that she was working with, after she showed um, that the numbers changed after she worked with me, he kind of dismissed her. He was very rude to her, and then she checked, she changed to another endocrinologist. And these people were very open minded. They said, "Oh, can you show me the website of Shalene?" And they were like looking at everything and wanted wanted to know the approach that I was taking. So that's just also like a red flag if a person is just dis ignorant and dismissing the good changes that have happened, or if they're open minded and want to learn about that too. Right. I yeah, that's a good point. But I feel like we should maybe especially if we don't get the diagnosis we were expecting or we don't get any diagnosis at all and they're just saying, hey, it's in your head. I think we should always be encouraging people to go go to two or three different professionals, get some different yeah. opinions. Um, I have a, an indirect mentor who helps me with like business stuff and he's like old school, right? And he tells me this. He said, whenever you get a price quote, call three people. So if the place at like the the auto store, uh, auto store tells you the tires are going to be $500. He said, call two other places and see what their price is, right? And so maybe we have to do the same thing with medicine where, all right, we didn't like the answer from the one doctor. Let's go to another couple. And you're right. Some doctors are incredible. They are lifelong learners and they are fascinated by what's going on. I have, um, I'm very blessed 
in my local area here in Bucks County, PA, we do something. I, I have a light therapy studio, basically. It's like red light therapy and stuff like that. And one of the people that came in recently said, oh, I got recommended to you by a, a doctor. I'm like, I don't work. I mean, what doctor recommended you to hear? Oh, they said Bucks County Integrative Medicine. So it's this team of MDs that are so open minded. They actually didn't know us. They just know of red light therapy and said, go find a red light therapy place close, close by. And we happen to be the closest one to offering it. So how amazing is that, that we now have MDs out there doing their own research, finding things like red light therapy. And they told a patient that they should go work with someone who does the red light stuff. I mean, the future's coming. We just, we're getting there kind of slowly, but it is coming. Yeah, yeah but that's amazing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, very cool. All right. So, um, Shalene, where can, because you already said it before, but it's good to get it at the end too. Where can people find you and who precisely do you like to help? Who is your dream client? Yes, my dream. Okay, let's start by to yeah. find you. So I have a website, uh, shalinevitesse.com. I have an Instagram page where I show a lot of free information. It's also Shaleen Vitesse. I host weekly live webinars where I teach about all the stuff, underlying triggers about root weight loss resistance. And then, of course, the people who I love to work with are women who are like dealing with weight loss assistance. They are health conscious. They are committed to their health. It's not the people that go to McDonald's and eat crappy. No, there's other people that are really in tune with their body, that have a healthy lifestyle. And they feel there is something off in their body. They have been to probably five to ten doctors already. No one could help them. And they look for a new approach and a new solution. Okay. Awesome. I will make sure all your links are in the show notes. And uh, we actually have a few more minutes here. So I'm glad because I wanted to get to one. You and I both get very hyped up and we talk very fast. So I feel like we just did two podcasts in one. This is great. Um, <laughs> but but I have w one question that I think is very useful to the audience because mold comes up here every now and then, but it's not it's not always the, like the centerpiece of someone's story on the podcast. It usually was something else before and then mold came in. Whereas for you, it was almost like mold was kind of the primary driver of a lot of these things. And then you had to deal with the repercussions. What advice would you give now? Like knowing what you know, would you advise everyone to get their houses tested for mold? Would you advise people to get air filters? I'm, I'm I, again, I'm kind of ignorant with the mold stuff. I, I know just enough to help people, but not enough to, really be an expert in it. So what should people be doing if they're listening to this and kind of worried? <laughs> so there are a lot of great uh, symptoms for mold. So for example, if you have clogged up sinuses, if you wake up in the morning with nasal congestion, weight gain is very typical. So just if you're checking 50 to 80% of the signs and symptoms of mold disease, mold illness, then you should be very suspicious that there is mold going on. So the problem with mold is also like when you are moving, because it is lipophilic, it just stores into the fat cells. So a big misconception with mold is that, okay, it's just fine to move. And then the mold will be out of my body. That's not the right way. Because um, also like a certain amount of people have the HLRDR gene. It is a gene where people are not good at dumping toxins. So the mold just stays in the body system. So that's very important to mention here. And then with the mold at home. So if you're suspicious, definitely get tested. There's the EMI test and the IRMA test. Mm. And air filters, I 100% think that every household should have an air filter. Yes. Okay. All right. Great. Because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about mold. And the one thing, I mean, again, as someone who's kind of ignorant to it, the one thing I know for sure is people get this misconception that someone's house must be like dirty or uh, unclean or they must live in a poor area for them to have mold. That is like the stupidest thing ever. And it is not true at all. My aunt and uncle, they live in a beautiful home and they got an addition. Um, it, it couldn't even be 10 or 15 years old. It's not that old. Right. And what happened is I think they weren't even trying to find this. Thank God they were all healthy, but something happened where 
I think the walls were getting redone or whatever. And Shalene, they pull the contractors pull off the wall. There is mm-hmm. black mold all on the inside, almost uh-huh. all the way up. And they live in this beautiful clean house in a great neighborhood. So don't ever get it confused, guys, that this is somehow like, oh, something that dirty people get. That could not be farther from the truth. I think it's like 80% of the houses in Florida have mold or something. So there is no way you're going to tell me that 80% of the houses are just bad in Florida. That's stupid. Um, it yeah. happens for a variety of reasons. And it's not as simple as people make it think. So it could be happening just about anywhere. Yeah, I think it's much more common than we think it is because I think 45% of houses in the States have current water damage and 80 to 90% have past water damage. And the problem is also the remediation has to be proper to really get out of the mold. And then the same like this that you are saying, mold, sometimes we cannot see it and we cannot smell it, but it still is there. So it's a very dangerous situation to be in. Yeah. When I was a, a bit younger, I was I was doing that thing where like you live with your friend or whatever, you know, while you're figuring out your life. And I'm living um, with my buddy at like, a questionable apartment. I'll put it that way. And I wish I knew what I uh, know now because I, I didn't know it was mold Shaleen, but I could smell something musky in my room. And I lived there for like almost a year. And if you guys, it can exist without smelling it or without seeing it. If you can see it or smell it, you need to act today. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like there's no waiting around, like you got to do something. And so I don't know what happened with that, but I'm going to guess the poor next tenant is still probably living in the same damn stuff. So if you smell it or see it, you act today. And even if you can't smell it or see it, you got to use those symptoms maybe that you brought up. Like, Hey, there could be something going on here. Let's at least rule it out with a test. Um, and speaking of testing, I know that we have the standard labs that we use at FDN. And of course, I'm sure you use those, but mold can get a little more nuanced and you might want to use an additional test. So what is your favorite lab test for identifying mold in the body? So I love blood work just to also see if we have acidity in the body. But then, of course, the mycotoxin urine test, that's just a straightforward test, right? You try to trigger that with glutathione before to just, just to do some sauna sessions before because what happens with the mold, sometimes it is in the fat cells and the body keeps oh. it there. So if you're not doing some kind of triggering beforehand, a person can perform a urine test and it looks clear. Then you give them 10 days of glutathione and some sauna and all of a sudden the test does not come back clear anymore. But the wow. urine test for mycotoxins is my preferred one. Wow. I, I gotta be honest. I did not know that about the, I didn't, I never knew this about the fat thing like that. I didn't realize it was stored in fat and I had ran an organic acids test, which is not like perfect, but it it works for mold stuff. Um, I ran it shortly after I had left that apartment, like thinking that I would find something mold and I didn't. And now you kind of have me thinking, I'm like, I wonder, Mm -hmm. because I never did any of that. Like if I didn't push this out properly, maybe my test looked a little better than it actually was. Yeah, yeah, that might be true. (laughs) So can this linger? I mean, can this linger indefinitely? Can it linger for years then if someone doesn't actually do stuff to get this out? It's 100%. So when I was, I was one year out of the moldy apartment and still had mold in my body system in the red levels. So not moderate. So it was really, really high levels. And um, if this is the same for my clients, so I just onboarded another client and she says she has been testing her house. She has been out of the mold for at least three to four years. And also we did the same, we, we triggered it with glutathione. And also she's like um, super, super high in the different strains in the mold. Wow. Wow. So it can definitely stay in the body for several years. Okay. Jeez. All right. I guess this is um this is probably going to be, because I want to keep this going, but this might be my last uh, mold question overall. Do you, I know everyone would get a different recommendation with this, but I'm kind of thinking, okay, stored in the fat cells, 
and a lot of toxins are stored in the fat cells anyway. Do you utilize any type of fasting or ketosis with clients? Because I mean, that would obviously be a very good way to detox the fat. Like, is that too much for these clients? Or is that actually very good for this? Yeah, so the people that suffer with weight loss assistance, they typically don't only have mold, right? The mold maybe uh, like I take my example as um, an example here, my case. So mold, I weakened my immunity, I had mold in my body, and then all of a sudden the parasites took over. Everyone has parasites; they can't just allow them to overgrow. Then you have gut dysbiosis, then uh, Lyme bacterium got um, active, so to speak. Heavy metal toxicity jumps on board. So people sometimes think. I went um, chronically ill overnight, but it's not like things are developing overnight because a diseased body, for example, if you are exposed to mold, it attracts pathogens and other toxicities. So it's like the mosquitoes are not attracted to the pond. They are attracted to the pond scum and the same is with diseased toxic tissue. We know that when, for example, um, we have positive pathogens in the body, when there is diseased tox uh, tissue, they pleomorph. So all of a sudden they become harmful. Mm -hmm. So there must just be one trigger basically and then the cascade goes on so now i forgot wow. your question if you can please remind me oh, no, the the, well the question and i mean you did kind of answer it indirectly i was saying since it's stored in the fat like what would something like fasting or i mean true ketosis i'm not talking about the keto diet i mean like measured in the blood i'm in ketosis because that would use your fat cells so i'm curious if there was a benefit there or if that would be too yeah. much for clients because like if you if I mean, hey, when you do ketosis or fasting, you're detoxing. That's great. But sometimes you actually feel sick depending on how uh, banged up yeah. the person is before they do that stuff. Exactly. Now I got my train of thought again. So now it's depending on how much toxicity or pathogens a person has in the body. If the body is already for a long time in a chronic illness state, it's like in an emergency situation. If we now throw in some fasting, I think that is worse. It can really backfire. Okay. But if a person is just still functioning very well, then strategies like ketosis can work very well for those. Got it. Fair enough. All right. Well, I think we made the most out of every minute here today. That is amazing. <laughs> I have one final question for you, and it's actually the signature question that we finish with on this podcast. Now, I know I asked you about like number one tips for mold and stuff, so this question can be more general if you'd like. But the question is this. If I could give you a magic wand and you could wave it and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's like they're actually doing one thing or maybe they stop doing one thing, What's the one thing um, Shaleen would get them to do? Uh, definitely stop drinking tap water in the United States. All right, guys, that'll do it for today's episode with Shaleen. I hope you learned a thing or two about mold. I know I definitely did. And if you have any questions about mold, things that you'd like to hear about in the future, you can always comment to us on any episode at any time or about any episode. Go to Podbean and search for the Health Detective Podcast. So that Podbean is a podcast platform, if you don't know. Even though it's not our main place that people listen, it's not even in the top five. It's actually where we distribute because it's kind of convenient for that. So search for the Health Detective Podcast on Podbean. Leave us a comment there, and I promise you I will get back to it. And you might even get it answered live on the show by one of our practitioners. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again soon, or talking to you rather. But until then, please take care.